Okay. Let's turn our attention now to Job chapter 38. Okay, Elihu has finished. Uh, Everybody else has nothing left to say. God answers Job out of the whirlwind and he says, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? He answers a question with a question, right? Now gird up your loins like a man and I will ask you, literally I will cross-examine you, it's a legal term, and you will instruct me. Now, God basically, at least in in this first couple of chapters here, he's going to answer Job by making one point. God has a one-point sermon here. Okay? You like those kind? We pastors are more, you know, we like four points in a poem, but uh, God has one point here. And as I read this, I want you to tell me his sermon outline. Okay, what's the one point he wants to make to Job? Okay, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who set its measurements since you know? Who stretched the line out on it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone. Let's think about that for a minute, shall we? Um, How far is it all the way around the world? About 25,000 miles. You think about that? It just blows your mind away. When God sent its measurements, a 25,000-mile circumference of the earth. Okay, let's think more about measurements. How deep is it? How deep, yeah. Okay, all right. It's, yes, you have some mathematicians in the room here. This is great. You know, divide by 2 pi. Or, you remember that from, from geometry? And um, Yeah, yeah, 4,000 4, miles to the center. That's just, you have any idea? I mean, that's like, what, coast to coast, back and maybe half back? That's, that's a long way. Okay. Who stretched the line out on it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? You, you picture that? God is, we're back in Genesis 1, and God is speaking this into the create, speaking creation into existence. And um, maybe it's just because we're coming off of a big college football weekend. But um, was it, what, was the, what was the game we were watching last night where they're just beating those things on the side of the... Is that the Oklahoma game where they, they have those little... Anyway, everybody has their own little traditions. But, but you, can, you can picture, and maybe a football game is, is a, a close way to kind of sort of get our thinking into it, but you can just see God saying, light, and light comes into existence, and the angels just you know, overflow in praise and, and shouting and, th- and thanksgiving and, and praise of their God. You know, and, you know, darkness and, yeah, you know, and you, you just get this, this heavenly chorus of praise and thanks and glory and honor with, every, with everything God speaks into existence. And that's the picture here. In fact, I think Job is the only book that, that gives us a little bit of insight uh, to how that may have worked there. But um, 
the morning stars, of course, likely being angels, um, they were very, very, very thrilled to see God creating the universe. Um, something we only can imagine seeing. Or who enclosed the sea with doors when bursting forth it went out from the womb, when I made a cloud its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band, and I placed boundaries on it, and I set a bolt and doors. Now listen, God's talking to the ocean here, okay? Listen to verse 11. He says, Thus far you shall come, but no farther. Ocean, you stop there, he says. And here shall your proud wave stop. Um, I grew up with that. I know. I know. That was my intent in putting the picture up there. Um, and, you, and, you just, and you just think, what, you know, <laughs> that wasn't very nice. Um, God set the boundaries for all of the oceans. Uh, anywhere in uh, 65 to 70% of the whole earth is covered with water. 139 square miles covered with water. 310 cubic miles of volume. That's, that's a lot of water. Um, how deep's the ocean? You know? What's that? How do you guys know this? This is amazing. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, here, at, at, at the deepest point, you know, the average, I didn't know this, the average depth of the ocean, you just average it all out, is about 12,000 feet. Okay. The deepest point is about 10,000 meters, or about 6.2 miles. Okay. Um, You know, I'm a pastor, not a scientist, so I will accept your answer. You know, I'd like God's creation for 300, Alex, right? I'd... <clears throat> All right, where were we? Verse 12. Uh, have you ever in your life commanded the morning, caused the dawn to know its place. I did some math. Now, if you know this, I'm going to give you the clicker and you can come finish, okay? And obviously, you know, it depends on, you know, how old you think the earth is. But um, by my calculations, there have been 2.19 million sunrises since God created the sun. Every morning. He does it again. Right. And you see, there's more beach shots there. There we go. 2.1 million times. And God says to Job, how many times have you made that happen? He caused the dawn to know its place. That it might take hold of the ends of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it. It is changed like clay under the sea and they stand forth like a garment and from the wicked, their light is withheld, and the uplifted arm is broken. Have you entered into the springs of the sea? Have you walked in the recesses of the deep? 
Now, what's interesting is that like so many things, in the ancient world, they had very, very limited access to the creation. You know, they could look up at the stars um, and they could look up at planets and the moon and they could sort of, you know, see that and understand that. You know, we've been to the moon. Um, they had some idea of creatures in the sea. We have machinery and equipment that allow us to explore some of those things. And um, you get stuff like this. Okay, how many species do they think they are? How many species of animals in the sea? Any idea? Yeah. We've got our scuba folks over here. 2.2 million species of creatures in the sea. That's just in the sea. Have the gates of death been revealed to you, or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you understood the expanse of the earth? That would be the sky. I mean, do you understand the atmosphere? Do you understand the heavens? Tell me if you know all this. Where is the way to the dwelling of light and darkness? Where is its place that you may take it to its territory, that you may discern the path to its home? You know, for you were born then, and the number of your days is great. I think, uh, did I? No, we haven't gotten to that part yet. That's the next part here. Verse 22. Have you entered the storehouses of snow, or have you seen the storehouses of hail, which I have reserved for the time of distress, for the day of war and battle? Where is the way that light is divided, or the east winds scattered on the earth? Who has cleft a channel for the flood, or a way for the thunderbolt, to bring rain on the land, without a people, or on a desert, without a man in it, to satisfy the waste and desolate land? and to make the seeds of the grass sprout. It's interesting. A number of times in God's discussion here, he gets into what we call the hydrological, the water cycle, and um, this idea that water is stored up and um, condenses and then falls and then is evaporated and repeats. And he describes all of that. You know, I, I, I was interested here because um, he mentions light. Do we understand light? I mean, obviously, we wouldn't see, we understand light. Um, and, and this may bore you, it interests me, but um, light is a very basic thing that we enjoy in our creation, right? It is one of the most challenging things in creation to understand. Um, for, you may know this, for years, um, they explained light as, as a wave, and they, like any other... Uh, way like a radio wave or electromagnetic wave or stuff like that. But they had a couple little things that they could not explain. They couldn't explain why light behaved in certain ways until a guy named Albert Einstein came in. And uh, he challenged, actually he, he re, uh, rediscovered an old theory, a particle theory of light. And, um, and now what most physicists and scientists will tell you is that light both acts like a particle and a wave. They call it the, the, the wave-particle theory of understanding light. It's just one of those things where you can't, you can't, it's like, why does it do that? In fact, what's funny is, and this is really things you don't want to know, but I'm going to tell you anyway. You set up experiments that try to test it like a particle, and it acts like a wave. And you set up experiments to try to measure it like a wave, and it acts like a particle. It's like it's messing around with you. It's the first thing God created, and it's one of those things that continues to be mysterious. Why does it do that? We don't know. 
<laughs> yes, yes. Okay, and he talks about that. Do you understand the way that light is divided? Do you understand that, Job? Even, even Einstein said he didn't fully understand it. Einstein doesn't understand it. That should, that should give us a clue about this, shouldn't it? He talks about lightning. Who has cleft a channel for the flood or a way for the thunderbolt to bring rain on land without a people? Verse 28, has rain, has the rain a father? Or who has begotten the drops of dew? From whose womb has come the ice and the frost of heaven? Who has given it birth? Water becomes hard like stone and the surface of the deep is imprisoned. We're going to experience that Sunday night, I understand. And again, talking about the hydrological cycle, the weather. Do you, don't say it yet, but do you, are you formulating in your mind what is he trying to communicate to Job? You getting it? Okay. Well, he's not done yet, so we'll keep going. Um, can you bind the chains of Pleiades or loose the cords of Orion? Can you lead forth a constellation in its season and guide the bear with her satellites? Do you know the ordinance of, ordinances of the heavens or fix their rule over the earth? Have you noticed he starts with the creation of the world? Right? Then he talks about the ocean. Now he's moving up into the atmosphere and the weather. Now he's looking up into the, the sky. Exactly, space. Um, any astro- I know, Dave, you've gotten into some astronomy. Any, any astronomers here? Guys that. Anyone have a really cool telescope that, that qualifies? I know Dave does. Okay. All right. So I, I, I used to be into astronomy, but it's been years, so I had to relearn a lot of this stuff. Um, I think most of us can look up in the sky and, and see these little three uh, stars here. That's Orion's belt. Are you familiar with that? And then, and then if you just kind of follow, like if, if you imagine there's a pointer here, see that little cluster of stars right there? You see that? Uh, that's what, what are called the seven sisters, um, the Pleiades. Is that how you say that, Dave? Um, and, and, and watch this. In modern technology, we can, we can add a little map on top of that. Okay. And uh, there's, there's Orion and there's uh, Taurus. And you see the, the two real bright stars are the, the eyes of the bull there, so to speak. And then there's those, that little cluster of uh, seven stars there up in the, kind of the top of the bull there, if you picture it like that. And if we just zoom in on those stars, that's what it looks like. Ooh, right? And so you see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven are the seven stars there. Okay. And again, if we put one more overlay, you can, you can see there's the, um, the names of those seven stars. And I can handle uh, Hebrew, ancient Hebrew names, but not star constellation names. So I am not even going to attempt to say those there. And that's prettier. So we'll look at that for a little while. Yeah.
a good point. It's almost like he wanted it that way, right? You know, just, you know, it, it, you think about, you know, God, God wanted us to have a seat in the theater where you could see the stage, right? Where were we here? Verse 34, can you lift up your voice to the clouds so that an abundance of water may cover you? Can you send forth lightnings that they may go? There's more on the weather here and say, here we are. Who has put wisdom in the innermost being or has given understanding to the mind? Talking about people now, right? Who can count the clouds by wisdom? You, you pilots, you ever tried that as you're coming in? You ever tried counting the clouds? <laughs> well, good. We were happy you're flying the airplane and not... Uh, but yeah, they're too numerous, right? Just too many. When the dust hardens into the mass and the clods stick together, I don't want to get into this, but you go through this and there, there's some, obviously not using today's scientific terms, which we don't expect the Bible to do because it's, uh, it's not intended in that way. But in terms of accuracy and describing how, how precipitation happens and condensation and clouds are formed, um, very, very accurate. You know, the clouds, you know, water condenses around a particle of dust or dirt or something like that. They stick together, and uh, then you get a cloud, and then when those get saturated, then you have precipitation. Can you hunt the prey for the lion? See, now he's going to move on and talk about uh, some animals in creation here. Can you hunt the prey for the lion or satisfy the appetite of the young lions when they crouch in their dens and lie in wait for their lair? Who prepares for the ravens its nourishment when its young cry to God and wander about without food? Do you know the time that the mountain goats give birth? There's a mountain goat with a little guy. Do you observe the calving of the deer? Can you count the months they fulfill? Do you know the time they give birth? I mean, just, just think think of how many animals were born yesterday. You know, we talk about how many babies were born. In fact, we're, we're in the hospital, you know, seeing Carla yesterday, and they play this little lullaby tune over the PA every time a baby is born in the hospital. So we're, we're walking Carla down the hall, and she's got her little pole with all the stuff coming off. We're walking her down the hall, and, and there's this little jingle that comes over the PA, and, and, and my father-in-law leans over and says, see, another baby was born. Oh, okay, that's, that's kind of neat. You know, they do that. Think of how many animals were born yesterday. We talk about people. You know, thousands. And God knows the time of every single one of them. And unless we happen to be in the zoo on that day, we probably don't know any of it. They kneel down, they bring forth their young, they get rid of their labor pains, their offspring become strong. They grow up in the open field. Who sent out the wild donkey? Let me show you a wild donkey here. Oh, no, that's not a wild donkey. <laughs> I think he skipped him. Where are we here? Verse 9, will the wild ox con- consent to serve you? Yeah, that's what I was going to show you. Um, you going to tell him what to do? I, you know, I, I was, you know, um, you guys all know Google is a blessing and a curse. <laughs> and um, so I'm, I'm looking for information about wild ox and pictures. And they had a, a, a picture and a, a description of someone who had gotten killed, one of those things. Um, God says to Job, um, are you going to tell this guy what to do? Is he going to listen to you? Is he going to spend the night in your manger? You're thinking, no, I don't want him in my manger. 
Can you bind the wild ox in a furrow with ropes, or will he harrow the valleys after you? Will you trust him because of his strength and leave your labor to him? Will you have faith in him that he will return your grain and gather it from your threshing floor? He's going to go into a little description on the ostrich here, and there's some some question about what he's talking about in terms of it talks about the ostrich treating their young cruelly, verse 16, because God has made her forget wisdom. What most commentators say is that the ostrich is, is one of the few species of uh, birds, I guess, that um, they will leave their eggs unattended even for long periods of time. And, and uh, what God is communicating here is that... Um, that seems really foolish, right? That seems, you know, most species of birds are not going to do that. They're going to guard and protect their eggs from uh, other animals that would come and take them or eat them. Um, but God says, no, that's my design. I, I've, I've made the ostrich, so to speak, forget what would be conventional bird wisdom, I guess. I don't know. But I've made the ostrich like that. I've not given her a share of understanding in that regard. Do you give the horse its might? And, of course, we had to put a, an Arabian horse there. Uh, that was likely the kind that uh, Job would have understood in that part of the world. Do you give the horse his might? Do you clothe his neck with a mane? Do you make him leap like the locusts? His majestic snorting is terrible. His paws in the valley and rejoices in his strength. He goes out to meet weapons. He laughs at fear and is not dismayed. He does not turn back from the sword. Just talking about the, how a, a well-trained horse is not going to flinch in the day of battle. How about this? Verse 26. Is it by your understanding that the hawk soars? stretching his wings out toward the south. And, you know, we understand now we, we can make things that fly. Flight's still a mystery. We, we know how to make it work, but the why question... I remember teaching basic physics. Um, you know, there's, there's two main theories as to why a wing flies. But again, there are two theories. They, but, you know, you, get in, you, know, you put it forward and, and, it, and, it, takes, and it works. Can you, can you explain that hawk soaring, stretching out his wings? Or not just the mystery of flight, but um, can you command him to take off? That's a red-tailed hawk, by the way. Most of you probably saw that. This is a golden eagle. And, you know, you, again, you look for eagle pictures and everybody, you know, you, well, the bald eagle, right? Well, the bald eagle is probably not what they had uh, over where Job lived. But as best as, as I can understand, the golden eagle is the types of eagle that they, they have over there. Do you, can you command the eagle to mount up, to make his nest? On the cliff he dwells and lodges upon the rocky crag. There he spies out food. His eyes see it from afar. His young ones also suck up blood where the slain are. There he is. Okay, now... Put it in a sentence. How does God respond to Job? What do you think? I am the creator. I am in control of everything. Yeah. 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 
Okay. Yeah, and I, th- I, th- I don't, I don't think God is is being, you know, mean spirited here. Certainly not. But uh, isn't that what he's saying? He's saying, Job, I'm the creator. You're not the creator. And and what's interesting? Everything God just talked about. Well, we, we talk about special revelation and general revelation, right? Special revelation, we have the Bible. God tells us very specifically who he is, what he's like. General revelation is the creation. Everything God talks about is what? General revelation. It is revelation that Job had access to immediately. And he takes all this stuff that Job experiences, you know, some of it daily, and, and all of it at some point in his lifetime, and he says, does this not testify? And I, I don't want to get too far off course here, but it made me think of Romans 1, right? Where we have this great testimony of creation, but people suppress that creation, and they say, well, I want to go do my own thing, and they reject the God who, who makes himself so obvious every day, who, who says, this is sufficient to hold you accountable for my existence. Isn't it, you know, and I'm thinking, we couldn't see it this morning because it was cloudy, but, you know, what, what Job, what God was testifying in Job happened this morning. God said, come up, son. And it comes again. And tonight we're going to look up and we're going to see Orion. And we're going to see, I don't know if this, can we see Orion this season? I think we can, right? Okay. And, and that's true. Okay, so give it a few days. But you, we can look up, we can see the same stars he's talking about. We can see the same animals. We can see the same upholding of creation. Um, if you go to the beach, you can see that water comes up and it stops right there. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. Don't think of that as, well, those are the natural laws of the universe and, and the universe just sort of runs according to these natural laws. No, it runs like that because that's the way God runs it every day. And he's so precise in how he runs it that we can slap a math equation on it and say, yeah, that looks like a law to me. But all it is is the regularity and the precision with which God sustains his creation every day. And, and, and do you see that? We, we look at that and we say, oh, that's wonderful. Enjoy that. But do you see that's communicating something to us every day? Apply it to something different. When we're suffering... When we're suffering, we're asking all these why questions. Even apart from special revelation and special grace, we have the testimony of God's creation at every turn saying, this is who I am. Why don't you trust me? Can you do this? Can you do any of this? And if you can't, doesn't it make more sense to put your faith and trust in me. That's one of the things we haven't talked about in a while, but remember, part of the problem here is that as Job has turned away from God, who's he trusting in? Himself. That's exactly what he's doing. Okay, now, um, back up to Job 1 for a minute. I want to show you something, and, and we'll have to 
we'll have to finish this next time. But I, I want at least I want to show this to you because this is this is very very helpful. I hope. Uh, our section concludes, as you're turning back to Job 1, our section concludes, God says to Job, will the fault finder contend with the Almighty? That word contend is a legal term. Will you take me to court and try to find me guilty? God says. Let him who reproves God answer it. Um, how are you with this word contend? You guys okay with that? Contend? Okay. Contend, yes, with a D. Yeah, that's a good word too. If you just type contend in your Bible software, what does the Bible say about contend? Let me read you a couple of verses here, okay? Just, just listen. 1 Samuel 2, those who contend with the Lord will be shattered. Against them he will thunder in the heavens, because the Lord will judge the ends of the earth. Ooh, that's not good. Isaiah 41, Behold, all those who are angered at you will be shamed and dishonored. Those who contend with you will be as nothing and will perish. Isaiah 50, He who vindicates me, God is speaking now, He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up to each other. Who has a case against me? Let him draw near to me. God says to the nations, you got a problem with me? Jeremiah, therefore I will yet contend with you, declares the Lord, and with your sons I will contend. Why do you contend with me, God says? You have all transgressed against me. You get a few verses into this and you understand you do not want to be contending with the God of the universe. And the usual way that God handles that in the Bible is he judges and destroys people who do that. Okay. Now, I want to remind you that throughout the book, Job has desired to contend with God, hasn't he? Job chapter 9 I wish I could contend with God. Job chapter 10, Job chapter 13, Job 23, Job 29, Job 31, Job 33. All those chapters, Job says to God, I want to contend with you. Now, so you see, contending is bad. All throughout the book, God, Job has said, God, I want to contend with you. I want to take you to court. I want to put you on the stand. Let's remember where this started, okay? Look at Job chapter 1. Job loses everything on that amazing day. And yet he says in verse 21 of Job 21, Job chapter 1, verse 21, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. 
The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's where he starts. Go to chapter 2. Wife says, curse God. You know, she, he says, shall we accept good things from God and not accept adversity? And all these things, and the narrator tells us Job did not sin. Okay. This is where he starts, right here. This is where we find him now in the book. And the question is, how did he get there? Okay. Do you see that? I can't remember where this started, but um, somewhere in the middle of all this, in studying this idea of contending with God, um, it led me to do some study on it. And, and where I'm, I'm mainly getting the information here I'm going to show you is from the book of Psalms and Lamentations. Okay. But here, here's, I'm just going to tell you this up front, I'll show you, and then I'll try to prove it to you, and we'll, we'll come back next time and talk more about it in depth, okay? There's a progression of how you get from here to here. You don't just wake up one morning of praising and worshiping God, and then getting in God's face and saying, come on down here, I want to put you in court, because I don't think you got this one right. There's a progression. There, there's something that happens. And, and, and my, my premise here to you is that if you study the Psalms, you can see the progression. Okay? So let me show it to you. Okay? Praising. Trusting. Telling yourself. remembering, or we might say recalling the truth. Forgetting, questioning, accusing, and contending. Think of it like this. It looked prettier in my notes, but you get the idea. At any one point, you have to ask yourself, where am I in this? And it's interesting, when you study the Psalms, you'll see these states that the psalmist is in. Sometimes he's in the place of forgetting the things of God. Sometimes the psalmist is in a place of questioning things he knows to be true. Other times you see the psalmist accusing God of things. Other times, you'll see him in that slump, and then he starts to remember things and recall things. And where, I, where, I, where that really struck me is in Lamentations 3, where Jeremiah is just in his own ash heap, and he's lamenting, he's questioning God. He's saying, why are you doing this, and what's going on? And then he says, and this I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. He remembers something, and it changes his whole disposition. Then there's this issue of telling yourself the truth. Then there's the issue of trusting in the God of truth and then praising and worshiping Him. And here's, here's what I'm seeing, and you can tell me if I'm just way off here, but here's what I'm seeing. 
If you study the Psalms, and I think you can see it in Job, it's more clear to see in the Psalms, but I think you can see it in Job also. At any one point, we have to ask ourselves the question, where are we in this? Because you don't go from here to here in one step. It's progressive. And at the same time, you don't go from here to here. And what you see in the Psalms is usually a psalm starts over here somewhere. The psalmist is questioning God. The psalmist is forgetting things he knows to be true. He may even be accusing God. Something in the psalm happens, and he begins to remember the truth. Then he tells himself the truth. That encourages him to trust the truth, and now he's back where he needs to be praising and trusting and worshiping God. Does that make sense? Okay. Now, let me see if I can just... I think you have these verses listed there. You may need to fill the blanks in. And we'll have to wave our hands at the verses next time. But, but notice the progression. Praising, trusting, telling, remembering, forgetting, questioning, accusing, and contending. See, Job starts here. And by chapter 31, he's here. God's going to help him to see what happened. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yep. Okay. Very good. Okay. Very good. So let's add to the chart here. I love it when you guys add to my chart because that makes them better, right? This is going to be focused in. Right? Or self. We might say here, this is focused up at God. Very good. Very good. And by the way, that is, is, if we start over here and move over here, isn't that repentance? Isn't this, could we call this the arc of repentance? Right? Isn't that what it is? Yeah, Penny. I think that's a good question. I think what happens is suffering, suffering put pressure on his heart to where he slowly started going the other way. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, let, let's say you're not suffering. Could, could we just be honest? Could we, we, I think we tend to live... Right here. Things are good. Things are good. I'm not thinking about God. I'm not thinking about the truth. I'm not. I'm just. I, I'm. I'm living right here. So I'm. I'm already starting off on, on the beginning of the slope. See, you know, and you, you fall off real fast there. And and what this is involved in. These these habits. These practices where we recall the truth, we tell ourselves the truth, we trust, we praise, these keep us on the right side of the equation. But if we live here, then suffering comes and, you know, and we just drop off that thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's really true. 
Ja, aber... Yeah, that's very true. Now notice, notice there, there's not, what's missing right here? A nagging wife. <laughs> no? There's no neutral. There's no fence to sit on. Okay? You're either here or you're here. Okay, there's no I don't I don't see a fence sitting piece in the Psalms. David. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, we we live right here, don't we? So you can think about that, and we'll we'll look at these verses. Um, we we got to go through some of these because they're some of them are, are very very helpful. Okay, where are you at in the chart today? Okay, where are you at? This is a season where we're going to sing songs and we're going to study texts that call us to do this and this, even though they're very familiar truths. Spiritual health as a believer means even if we might know them already. We live right here. Okay? And when we live right there, that keeps us, when suffering comes from that slope of falling all the way down the way Job did and the way the psalmist sometimes does. Okay? We are out of time. Let me pray.